February 3rd, 2016. It's a Watt from Pedro Show.
head to toe in sweat She was standing in the kitchen man She had a tattoo of a snake crawling up her spine All the way to the back of her neck And she'd been rude hard and put away away Pedro show. We had some wind, we had some rain, but it's back up in the 70s here in Pedro. I ain't at the Love Grotto with Brother Matt. He's indisposed, so I'm man alone, but not totally alone because via Skype, I got Nate Cook from the Yoppers with me via Skype. Where, where you at, Nate? I'm in Denver at the moment. Okay, Denver. And you're about to start a tour, right? Yeah, heading out with the Super Suckers for a few weeks. Uh, actually be out in your neck of the woods. Uh, Strong Beach uh, next week, right? Next week, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, oh, I should say, we started off the show with um, by uh, from uh, John Coltrane. Hearing that tune, it made me think, uh, last uh, fall I was uh, on tour with Tab Falco, and he had a tune called The Lady from Shanghai. Damn, if they don't share the same lick. Then we had Heart on a String from the Yoppers, and, you, and Nate, you're telling me that's a deep cut. 
Yeah, that's off of our very first uh, effort, uh, an EP we released in probably 2011. A few years ago. Yeah, it's been a few years now. Yeah. Uh, Can we go even further back? Sure. Can you tell me the first musical memory you got? Oof, first musical memory. Uh... Well, I think the probably the first musical memory I have is probably being four or five years old and uh, my dad getting super drunk and listening to uh, probably Zeppelin II and he passed out. And oh, so, uh, so how old are you now, though? I, I, now I'm 29. It's trippy when I hear people <laughs> say my pop was listening to Led Zeppelin because, you know, I'm from a little time before, so when you hear stuff like that, it's trippy. <laughs> But anyway, so your pop was listening to Led Zeppelin too, and he yeah, and he, he he passed out, yeah. and uh, I remember I was drawing all over his his stomach with a sharpie, yeah. um, and uh, that's just one of the for some reason that's always stuck with me as the the first time I engaged with music was drawing on my dad while he was passed out listening yeah, to Zeppelin. Yeah, he was too. also learning you on the perils of conking out first day. Exactly, party. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so maybe Led Zeppelin's the first music you heard at the house. So there was a lot of records at the pad. Yeah, my old man was a. It was and is an an insane music lover. Right? He still turns me on to bands, new bands even, uh, all the time. You know, maybe once a week he'll call me with a band I need to check out. Was he just a listener? Or was he a player too? Just a listener. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. You need that stuff, uh, especially to share knowledge, like you say, and to get it from your pop. That's great. Exactly. And if everybody played, we wouldn't be able to make a living. So, <laughs> <laughs> or, or we just take turns. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. And how, you were like, you were a boy. You weren't even in school yet. No, no, no. That was before school. Okay. So, uh, how does music develop for you uh, in school? Do you meet musical friends? Do you get musical classes? Yeah, you know, I, I you know, I did the kind of uh, the the basic trajectory. You know, I played saxophone and stuff. And oh, school band. Yeah, you know that sort of shit. Yeah, but uh, yeah. later on, and where is uh, this? Is this in Texas? Yeah, this is all in Texas. Um, and then I think the kind of a turning point in my my life it all kind of happened at once. But around ten years old, I don't know if you remember uh, Martin Scorsese's. Uh, uh, documentary series on PBS, The Blues. Do you remember that? Came I, out I remember maybe. hearing him about doing it, but I didn't see it. Yeah, well, he released a box set um, that my old man man- managed to get his hands on of uh, yeah. all the songs that they used in it. And um, I dug into that when I was about 10 years old, and that was when I realized that that was pretty much what I was going to do, um, and that I, that I couldn't live without it. And then about the same time... You're talking uh, blues. The blues was where I started really to to engage with music, and then but, um, uh, and then I got turned on. What then I'm I got turned on is the saxophone because John Coltrane played yeah. a lot of blues on the sax, even though there's wild stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, jazz is all rooted in the blues, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, um, Maybe anyway, you wanted but, yeah, to and, go to and, guitar. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. And then I got turned to uh, about the same time I got turned on to Beck, and that was a big moment for me too. Beck, you mean out here. Say what? The singer man from out here. Indeed, yeah, yeah Beck okay. Hansen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And 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 right at that exact same time, I also discovered really early uh, Modest Mouse um, before they got all shitty and lame like they are now. But uh, 
early stuff I got really into. So that yeah, was about they're, they're the time. They're from the Northwest, right? Yeah, they're up from uh, Issaquah, I think. Yeah, I, I, I've been on some bills with them, like at festivals. I can't yeah, remember, yeah, totally. remember so much. It was It's like one guy's trip, right? Mm-hmm. Isaac Brock is the main dude. Okay. Um, I don't know. He's been he, well. They they got what's his name Johnny Marr for a little bit there from the Smiths was playing guitar with guitar them. And then, yeah, I met him in England in Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, and then he kind of split from the band. Um, I don't know. All that stuff was way later, and that was the stuff that I don't really care for. But, but the early stuff was at ten years old. You had this box set of blues. You uh-huh. had Beck and Cali. You had yep. Modest Mouse in the Northwest. Yep. And they were all coming, and you had saxophone in the classroom. <laughs> exactly. So well, and you also things... have to remember that was for art for my generation. That was the first record I ever bought. That was also right when uh, Dookie dropped, which was pretty much everybody my age. You're is... talking Green Day. Yeah, it was pretty much everybody my age's first introduction to punk rock. So all of that kind of happened at the same time. Who'd, who'd we just have on the show? Uh, a guitar lady named Ava Mendoza. And okay. She, she was talking about Green Day being big in her. Actually, the drummer man in the, the Italian band I play with, the avant-garde stuff, he, he started with the Green Day. Yeah, you know, I think... I think for 90s kids, yeah. yeah. It was a seminal record for, I think, anybody, like, near 30 um, now. Um, that was kind of, you know, love them or hate them. That was a big fucking deal for a lot of people. And, you know, I, I listened to that record so many times. Like, What do you I think? Probably, why? It was on the radio at school? <laughs> you know, honestly, I think it was because... It was, you know, Green Day was really good at writing fucking stupid lyrics that kids could uh, latch their identities onto pretty easily. But it was also kind of, it also felt dangerous, but it wasn't really all that dangerous. So it was a good, it was, it was like training wheels for punk. And when you're 10 or 11 years old, you kind of need that. Sure, so, sure. What do, yeah. what do you think of Buzzcocks? Oh my, the Buzzcocks are my fucking favorite. You know, there's still, two of them are still playing. I know, man. They're still floating around. And fucking, it's fucking and crazy. They, and they're kicking it out, man. I, I was really <laughs> blown away. And and those tunes are timeless. So they so, are. so let's get back because you, 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 when you're playing the sax, you're not playing your own music. You're playing what the teachers asking. You yeah, exactly. Right? You know, like Were yeah, you my, even my, in the marching band. Yeah, I did all that okay. shit. You know, overstarched uniforms that smelled <laughs> like the guy who had it the year before. You know, all that shit. So, so when yeah. Do you, when do you get into your own world, Nate? Um, I didn't really start, you know, so I grew up, you know, again, in a very musical family, just like, you know, as, 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 uh, appreciators. Um, but they, the one thing they refused to ever get me was a guitar. Um, so I, I think that may be part of the reason I, I took it so seriously, but I didn't get a guitar until I was probably 16 or 17. Okay. Um, and then I immediately was just dick deep in it. I couldn't, I couldn't put it down. So that's pretty much where I've been since. Um, but yeah, high school, you know, for the first three years, I didn't, you know, I was still playing saxophone and, well, you know, how did dream, you get a handle? dreaming. Go ahead. How did you get a handle? Did you bring over sax knowledge to the guitar? Was there some cats to teach you chords and shit? You know, I'd like to copy I'd, records. You know, a lot of it was copying records. Yeah. I did have That's a, uh, Andy Boone did. yeah, I, I had, I had a, um, uh, something of a uh, of a mentor, um, but he was more of a uh, he was a he was actually a bass player. Um, he played oh, with wow. uh, he played with uh, God the fuck Stanley Jordan and uh, he's like oh shit yeah he was he's a he's a serious fucking bass player. Huge. Uh, yeah. 
uh, a guy which named is, Zerk. Which is probably Zerk why Bonner. you ended up with no bass in your band. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let's listen to some music next. Because fuck that guy. Yeah, but no. Uh, <laughs> これは英語のクックです。
がし、インゴが五、イン六が六、イン七が七、イン八が八、イン九が九、ニーチが二、二人がし、二三が六、二四が八。
pictures of your cunt. some people's cunts. Along the road at night, only a glow from headlights and dashlights, dark side views racing by of a completely black forest, a place of no light, dark forest at night, to live through it all right, scary enough on its own, no friends in the dark trees, only one path to light, stay on the road, extension into nowhere, long fleeting dark ways, be brave upon the dark forest, David Lynch's Lost Highway leads through it. You can live and live strong, live through the dark forest, race through it if you have to, if it is your chest, your chest of strength, dark forest.
for Pedro show we just heard Barron's Whitfield and the Savages doing I'm a full grown man then we had Cuckoo from Ichi a furious withering from Mordekneia Meaty Gums from Coma and Algiers Pictures Please by Spielgusher that's Richard Meltzer up in Portland Dark Forest Joe Brewer cousin of Jack Brewer oh speaking of starting guitar late Saccharin Trust, Joe Biza, he started at 29. Damn. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pushing it. I got to tell him that. Okay, then Bad, Bad Route, instrumental from Mr. Tom Tabaka. Luther and Toby with King's Triad. And Kyoka finally with Utino Wanku. Back with Nate from the Yappers. Now, what I really dug was uh, finding out your name is from... Walt Whitman. Yeah, man. From the yeah. first, from the first twelve, from the first edition. Indeed, song of myself. Yeah, song of myself. Bitchin' ass poem. 
And that, yeah, actually, yeah, but, that's my favorite version is the eighteen fifty five. Just just the yep. twelve poems. Yeah, I'm I'm a Whitman junkie, or you know, I guess more so at the time. Have you been to Camden yet? So, uh, to Camden, New Jersey, where he's from? Well, he actually, grew, I think, was from Brooklyn, but he ended up living in, in Camden in the house. I know they've got. They've, yeah. they've got that Walt Whitman bridge out there. That's the closest right, thing. Right, and, and actually, he's in a graveyard, not far from where he lived. I've been to the house. You can go to the pad, and it's just part of the national park. So a ranger gives you a tour. That's and that's fucking guy, awesome. Yeah, it's right by the train yard. They said he liked to hear the trains uh, hit each other and shit when they were coming. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the one thing that sucks about this line of work is, you know, is that you always get to go to all the cool places, but never have any time to Not see anything. Time, so, right? Yeah. And this was so. on tour, and luckily I had a little time. I was actually in Philly, but I took the train over there to go see this stuff. And anyway, I thought the Ranger was really square, you know. Yeah, but at the, when we were going upstairs to see his bedroom, he said, "Now you gr- you grab that handrail real hard." I said, "Okay, why?" He said, "Because he's got his DNA in there." <laughs> so like, you yeah, want me to rub on it? That was very cool of him. I looked him right in the eye, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm into Whitman too." <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> so, uh, you're, you're you're copying off records. You're teaching yourself chords. You got this guy, bass player, who's kind of influenced musically. Uh, when do you start writing your own Nate songs? Pretty much immediately. Oh, did uh, you? Like uh, as soon as I learned a chord, I tried to. I just wrote a song based around that one chord. You know what I mean? Yeah, great. Uh, and then, uh, well, and TBI, then I would go to you know, TVI is one chord. Yeah, exactly. There's great. There's a, there's a ton of great fucking songs that are one chord. Shoot that um, line in the coconut, uh, Harry Nilsson. I just yeah, yeah. so Petra had to do the low voice part, and it's C seven the whole fucking song. The fucking whole song, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then what I would do is I would go listen to songs and and determine how they were moving from one place to another, and then oh, I'd add a okay. chord, and and then uh, basically you know just a process of ripping people off until I develop my own voice. You B- know, borrowing. Yeah, borrowing. Yeah, borrowing donates. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, when when does uh when's the first band? When's the first time you play in front of people? Uh, I had a, a an, uh I, w- I fronted an all female quartet uh, outside of myself, obviously. Um, in high school, wow. uh, we were called Cupert von Cleavage, and it was just real, real shitty, just the worst drivel a- attempting to fucking pass as rock and roll. But they were and- original songs. Yeah, original songs. Okay. Um, I think we did a cover. I think I did like a version of Backdoor Man or something like that. But um, but yeah, for the most part, they were all originals. And then, uh, yeah, in college, um, I really focused on being a solo artist for a while and uh, dropped out of college pretty fast and just decided to do that full time. And then uh, about know, 10 years ago or eight years ago, I formed a band called Ego Versus Did, which is what I would call my first real band um and, and is this still where you grew up or have you moved by the, the- i had moved by this point so i got thrown out of high school when i was 17 and got sent to boarding school in arizona okay. so that was where i first started playing guitar and then uh what town say, say what what town sedona so yeah okay i-17 yeah you got it yeah. And uh, so I was there for a couple years, a and bit then isolated. Yeah, just a bit, <laughs> and then a uh, dead pastor living there now. But if you want isolation, 
They That's a good it. spot to go. <laughs> but it was a great place to drop acid and fucking, sure, you know, sure. jump in the river or whatever the fuck you were going to do when you're 17. You know, I, you know, a lot of people like complain about going to boarding school. It was fucking awesome for me. I mean, just okay. total, total freedom. You know, I fucking, you know, didn't want anything to do with my parents, sure, obviously. Sure. And, and so I basically just got out and was able to live as a, uh, as a fostered adult until, uh, until I, gr- until I graduated. And then I kind of, uh, went to NAU very briefly. Uh, yeah, just floated around there, and then uh, I was visiting my parents on my way to move to Boston, and I got arrested uh, for drunk driving here in Colorado, and basically stuck me here. So that's where I've been ever since. Wow, because of drunk driving. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> okay. And you're in Denver. I am in Denver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in, in town. Uh, Actually, you know who's from Boulder is Jello Biafra. I did know that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know what? You'll see him and he comes back and visits his parents pretty frequently. You'll see him yeah, at like right. uh, Absolute Vinyl and some of the cool re- cooler record stores in town. He's but got he's, a collection. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a fucking madman with that shit. <laughs> so uh, this band that you make on your own without the high school girls, what's yeah. this called? Uh, Ego versus Id. Ego versus Id. Yeah. That's, that's a good name. Kind of yeah, Fro- kind of Freudian. It was indeed Freudian. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, we had we were we were super self-important though. Like we had like like song lyrics or sorry like titles like the narcissism of minor differences and weird <laughs> sart fucking illusions. I was a fucking douchebag. Uh, <laughs> Did you guys a, ever uh, record? Uh, yeah, we we we've got some shit out there. It's not great. <laughs> I kind of wish you told it, me about it. I could have played some on the show. Oh God, I'm glad I didn't, man. I I, I kind of wish it wasn't out there. Well, everybody's I mean? got to start somewhere. I mean, you should hear the first songs. <laughs> it's, it's just the most self-important douchebag drivel you've ever heard. So, <laughs> and what was it? A quartet. It was a quartet, yeah, pretty standard lineup. Uh, t- you know, two guitars. So Actually, t- I guess, yeah, two you guitars, bass, drums. Bass player. Yeah, we had a bass player. In wow. fact. Our, the bass player from that band is now the guitar player in the Yoppers. Oh, wow. So he committed treason and left the bass. Yeah. Exactly. He's yeah. happened many times. <laughs> no, it's okay. Actually, he plays really good. Uh, both yes, the does. cats in your band fucking smoke. Yeah, they're fucking good players, yeah. man. And, uh, yeah, so, so you found him there, the, the, the bass that turned to guitar. So he's been with you a while then. From yeah, the almost the almost a decade now. Okay. In his name? Uh, Jesse Parmet. Jesse. Jesse. Yeah, right. Jesse. Yeah. Okay. So so Jesse, he's been kind of your partner in music then for you know, like ten years. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. About yeah. I guess eight years. I think I met him when I was twenty-one. So eight or nine years now. And and how that how that meet and happen? Uh, um, I mean nothing. Tank? Nothing super interesting. I had a show. Um, Back in the day, I was working at the graveyard shift at this uh, 7-Eleven in Boulder. And uh, uh, this guy comes in. I was supposed to be playing a solo show in a couple days. And he mentioned he was a guitar player. And I was like, oh, man, well, we should play together. And he just wound up knowing Jesse. Um, And so we just kind of formed instantly for this gig. And that's, yeah, we kind of of met him through a dude. Okay, so you met Jesse through another dude. Exactly, yeah. That happens. That's all right. That's yeah. how I met Raul. Look, there we're at go. the end of the first hour of uh, February 3rd, 2016 edition of Peter Show. Special guest, Nate Cook from the Yappers. Hold tight for hour two. 
February 3rd, 2016. It's the second hour, a lot from Pete Rose Show.
for Pedro's show. Start off the second hour with some yappers. 3 a.m. Nate Cook's favorite tune off the new album. <laughs> uh, yeah, then we heard it. new stuff from uh, out of Czech Republic. Who's Madoma Blazing? Then out of uh, Barcelona and Catalan uh, with actually Chili Cats named Familia Miranda, MM. And finally, brand new from uh, Belgrade, Disciplina Kichma. Piti Imun Na Ovaj Neymar. Man, you're casting a wide fucking net today. <laughs> hey, people are making tunes all over. It's fucking <laughs> But this is the way they did it in Denver about 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they, they transformed from ego versus id into yappers. Tell me about how that happened. Um, at the time, I was working with uh, Ego versus Id was kind of named because there was two primary songwriters in the band, and uh, that just wasn't working out for me anymore. You, were, so. you was one of them, right? I was one of them. There was another one, yeah. and uh, I just it just wasn't working for me as an artist, sure, and so sure. so I bailed. Yeah. Um, and oh, so I did, you actually leave? I left, yeah. Okay. And then uh, Jesse decided to follow me, and and okay. we formed uh, formed the Yumpers. And you got uh, the drummer man. Yeah, that uh, Noah, who is our current drummer, Noah. is actually our third drummer. Third? Uh, Whoa, yeah. kind of tapping. Yep. Got <laughs> 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 kind of the journeyman role. But these guys don't blow up, they just bail. Yeah, well, one of them had a kid, and then... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So c- tell me about the first Yoppers gig. Uh, first Yoppers gig, what the fuck would that have been? I guess, uh, technically, I had a residency as a, as a kind of a solo acoustic act, um, in Boulder at this place that we all called the No Name, it was just a bar that had no sign, and, uh, Jesse would come and join me every now and again, and then one night, if we just asked a drummer to sit in with us, and, uh, the drummer just never left, so, uh, or, you know, that drummer left, but... We kept with drums from then on, so that was so kind it of actually the, started like a, as a Nate thing, and then kind of, and then it organically developed into uh, into a band thing. Okay, do you remember the first uh, songs that you wrote specifically for Yappers? Uh, yeah, probably actually "Hard on a String" would have been was one it of them. "Hard on the String." Yeah, that I'm, I'm, or uh, that or "Jesus Car." Or "Jesus," because because I'm thinking because. Uh, you you pick Walt Whitman as being part of your name, and I wonder if there was any inspiration, or, or, or he just runs through your work anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, like if you if you listen to um, uh, "Heart on a String," yeah. there's like there's a James Joyce reference in there, there's yeah. a Yates Yates reference in there as well. So that was I was still kind of going through that like you like I've poets. Kind of, I do, and and yeah. I think I I you know I thought it was I mean it is cool. I but I think I was. A little too dependent on uh, on illusions at the time, sure. um, so you'll so you'll hear a lot of uh, you know Wallace Stevens name drop. Actually, oh, wow. the first the name yeah. the name of the first record is uh, Savage Blue comes from uh, sure. Man with a Blue Guitar, which is a Wallace Stevens poem. And um, What's so the yeah, difference, a... Nate, between lyrics and poetry. Oh Jesus Christ! No, it's uh, just an opinion. You can't yeah, be wrong. Uh, <laughs> you can't be I wrong. Think, <laughs> I think that. Uh, Lyrics have have the crutch of being able to exploit um, exploit the uh, kind of um, the emotional witching rod, which is music. Right. Poets have to depend totally on technical and 
and uh, an artistic prowess that I just couldn't, couldn't even begin to muster. Um, I, f- I think if of any art form, it's probably the most difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and partially because it's one of the most indefensible. Uh, basically, you take something and you obfuscate it. Uh, right. In order, in order to make something more clear, which is really isn't that trippy? <laughs> yeah, it seems like uh, kind of that ends with itself. Odds with yeah, itself. yeah. And so uh, to, to see the greats do it well, um, and the the way that they can take they can take something and then uh, defamiliar take something familiar, make it unfamiliar, so that you find something new about right, it. Right for yourself. Yeah, it is to to see the greats do it is I mean, there's no there's nothing like it. I love great music. But if you know, I don't think anything's ever changed my life. Like, you know, the second coming by Yates or some. Where did did the poem things come from? From school? Um, My dad was a poet growing up. Oh, okay, okay. And and he did a lot of writing and he turned me on to to literature at a pretty young age. Um, And yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I got pretty lucky with with the folks who wound up popping me out. Look, what can you tell me about this all night long? Okay. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Jesus Christ. I think that was right before I met my wife, um, and uh, I was kind of going through a uh, not a Lionel uh, Richie thing. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Thank you. Is this a better tune he did call that tune? You know, I, I don't think you can copyright song titles. I hope not, because I'd be <laughs> fucked right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I was uh, going through, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's been a while now, but back then it was the kind of the isolation I felt in high school. Um, as, as you kind of go through that, uh, the existential weight of having to be an adult in the modern world yeah. was weighing on me in my mid-20s. You, you get that isolation where, um, you know, I remember being at a bar when I wrote that song and uh, everybody, every woman was somebody that I could have fallen in love with. And I, I, I was I was putting a lot of um, I, I was running through these fantasies of uh, of uh, of all these women being Eve and uh, and, and 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 so I, I was writing basically wrote, I wrote the song about nobody. But everybody at the bar just I felt very, uh, very isolated. And so I tried to lift myself out of isolation by giving everything some sort of uh, religious uh, weight. So, yeah. Magic of alcohol. Let's listen to it. With the hand 
virtues are too modest, voice too honest ever to be sung.
Burning rage cracking like dry fridge bread. Turn the other way, I should have been bending. Ski patrol dude, I'd now be friended. Land is back down on my forehead. For a minute, I thought that I was dead. Face plants, swampy and black
my cap And I'll deny this pack the dinner they planned I'll knock them flat And they'll know who they've crossed and where they belong Pete Rochelle, we heard uh, all night long for the Yoppers. And then Fishbone with Face Plant Scorpion Back Pinch. <laughs> Fruity <laughs> with Fruity Day. Yeah, Norwood was on the show last week. He's an incredible kid. Hegoland from Cosmodrome. City Lights. World Forgotten Sons. Charlie Charlie from Wild Style. Lion. And the Babe of Wolves from Secret Care. Uh, so, do you remember the first time Yappers went in the studio? Yeah, I mean, the first time we went into a studio, obviously, modern age, we just did it in our fucking living room. Was um, that Hard on a String? Yeah, Hard on a String was yeah. recorded in, uh, in Jesse's uh, bedroom. Um, and then, the first time we went into a real studio would have been for Cape on Crusade. Okay. Uh, and that was... Uh, that was good, and I don't know. It was fun, but I feel like you know, with the new record, uh, that was like the first time we fucking really went into a studio. We recorded everything to tape, you know. It's yeah. like Bill, it's Bill Stevenson's studio, oh, really? you know what I mean? You know, so, old buddy, uh, me and D Boom put out the first Descendant albums. That's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> small world, Jesus. It is a small talking fucking about world. about the blasting room. Yeah, so that yeah, that's where we In recorded. Fort Collins. Yeah, exactly. Oh wow. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, we we uh, we that's recorded. A, that's a great pad. That's a real studio for sure. Yeah, and and it, and it just had that fucking vibe. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, get your fucking take and get the fuck out, sort of yeah, deal. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Billy's intense too. He's been through a lot. He's he's a so he's a he's a good sailor. Yes, he is, man. And and Look, yeah, he beat cancer as well the, now. So we're at the end of the second hour, Nate. Two thousand sixteen, yep. February third, Dishwaff Beetle Show. 
You're my guest. Talk about yoppers. Come to Strong Beach soon. Hold tight for hour three. <laughs> February 3rd, 2016. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
aus Angst vor der Nacht. Im Schlaf liegen Häuser, der Fluss und die Aue. Mariechen liegt bei mir, heut halte ich Wacht. Mariechen, mein Mädchen, dir träumte ein Kätzchen, legte sein Köpfchen dir weich auf den Mund. Mariechen, ein Märchen von Schmerz und Entsetzen, steigt auf von des Dorfbrunnens allertiefstem Grund. Stahl ist sein Leib, sein Schrei zeigt die Stund. Im Brunnen tönt kreischend das Echo, das Schrille. Umrundet die Welt, ein Drohwort, die Kund. Mariechen, mein Mädchen, dir träumte ein Kätzchen, legte sein Köpfchen dir weich auf den Mund. Mariechen, Liebchen, jetzt sollst du benetzen mit Tränen des Mitleids das grüne Erdenrund. Zum Brunnen, 
Wem hältst du gericht? Ich gehe zum Dorfplatz und finde den Schreier. Er setzt seine Worte in Bild und in Schrift. In seidenem Kleid schreibt für goldene Leier. Er Märchen von Vögeln mit blutigem Stift. König heißt Geld und liegt stets auf der Lauer, ob einer nicht einmal die Losung vergisst und heimlich sich träumt einen Regenschauer, ein Grußwort, ein Tänzchen, ein Wort mit Gewicht, ein Liebchen mit Liebreiz und lustigen Zoten, ein Buch ohne Seiten, ein zartes Gedicht, das alles, das gönnt dieser König der Noten, dem Diener, dem Schreier von Herzen nicht. Der Diener nun wieder singt schaurige Lieder vom Ende der Zeit, das er ahnt und erhofft. Ein Sklave, nie wieder. Er schüttelt die Glieder und schießt auf den Specht, der am Fahnenmast klopft. Der Vogel fällt leise, laut ruft er in Strömen das Blut von Proleten und Bürgern herbei. Im Krieg liegt die Freiheit, so hört man ihn stöhnen. Am Waldrand, der Friedhof steht in Ackelei. Mariechen, ich pflanze Holunder und Fleder. Dorthin, wo noch gestern dein Kinderleib lag. Mariechen, der Brunnen wird singen uns Lieder. Voll Süße und Wahrheit, wenn Licht wird der Tag. What for Pedro Show? We started the third hour off with the Yappers doing Silicon Love and songwriter man Nate here has got a story for him. Well, yeah, a couple. So, first of all, if you, if you take a careful listen to that song, you'll realize that there's probably a grand total of six words said in the entire song. Um, that was when I was going through a, a weird process of, of writing style where I was kind of trying to take the William S. Burroughs deconstructionist style to the ultimate limit oh. and just literally mumble every lyric. Um, so the whole song is just gibberish. Um, until I actually say Silicon Love. Um, <laughs> there's literally not a fucking thought in the entire song. And then uh, maybe about, I don't know, a year later, we released uh, a covers EP that, that, uh, called Good, Good Song, Shitty Versions. We covered, like, we covered Ween and covered uh, Elvis and fucking Aerosmith and whatever other bullshit we did, but we decided to cover our own song. And so we covered Silicon Love on our cover record. <laughs> And I actually wrote lyrics for it that time. So, yeah. I think the replacements did something like that. Yeah, I think they probably did. The sounds like, it sounds shit. like something fucking snotty shit. that Paul Westerberg would pull off. It was called The Shit Hits the Fans. You know, I think I I think I have heard that <laughs> it's record. It's stuff like Black Diamond. You know, yeah. But, dude, but like they never what? get through any of the tunes. I know, dude. I fucking love, dude, watching the replacements actually, do you covers know, is such Bob's a blast. it was Bob's band. I don't think Say what? Paul, I don't think it was Paul's band at first. I think it was Bob's band. It was well. So this is before Paul then. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. His little brother on bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Paul. Uh, you know, we. I just saw the replacements maybe about a year ago. Yeah. And they they still do that shit where they just try fucking some random ass cover and okay. then just <laughs> give up about a fucking minute in. So it's great. <laughs> okay. So uh, you got this. Uh, 
blasting room record finished and uh you went out and toured it yeah I'm still still in the process of it right, yeah right because this this leg you're doing now this ain't the first one right no, this will be leg four. Um, oh. So this will be the second time hitting the West Coast on this record. So did you tour in Ego versus It? No, no. So the Uppers is your first touring band. Yeah, and that was something that was very conscious. We just decided to do it right out of the fucking gates. No, no, it's all right. I, I, yeah. I want to know what your feelings about touring since never done it. Yeah, dude. I, well, I mean, I've been doing it now for four years, but yeah. I, I, there's no way to be abandoned. I fucking tour all the time. Okay. So I, that's what makes you, you a fucking Steely good player. Tell Steely Dan that. Well, I guess they tour now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck Steely Dan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like you know, you know, we just finished a tour with 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 what I consider to be one of the great live acts in the country, uh, the, the legendary Shack Shakers. Oh yeah. And, oh, did they and, have uh, Dennis on the guitar? Uh, no. Now it's a guy named Rod uh, Hamdala, I believe is. Because they had the cat from Jesus Lizard. They did for a while, um, but they've you know they JD JD their uh, lead singer is like just a fucking lunatic man, <laughs> just a fucking snake oil and Satan on stage right, man. I right. fucking love that guy. <laughs> but what I guess the point being is that those guys have been touring nonstop for twenty fucking years. Yeah, you know right, what I mean? right, right. And that's how you get that fucking good. There's a kind of an ease, like a like a naturalness to being on stage. There's that Kim Gordon quote. Um, she says, uh, people pay money to see other people believe in themselves. And like watching them on stage, the ease with what they with with uh, the way they do things, it's just fucking inspiring. So love those guys. So it's kind of classroom. Tour is kind of classroom. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you're you know, always pulling. It, it happened pull- with us, the same thing with Black Flag, uh, except we were in the same van. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a Denver gig with them. We had to go from Minneapolis. So we had to leave after the gig, 17-hour drive. Fuck, right dude, that sucks. Yeah, all 10 what? of us in one van. In fact, it was Billy's pop's van. Beat it up so bad it never ran again after that door. Was it at least the summer? Uh, no, it was February. We were freezing to death. Fuck, dude. That drive from Minneapolis in February is the worst fucking drive. It was the most crazy. I mean, it was a long time ago, but... Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was saying classroom. You learn. You You do. You do. Let's uh, listen to... Oh, man, I should say the other stuff we heard. P-Frog Dog has a brand new song that the... uh, 20 Years... Uh, inspiration song for Josh Hobbs sing. Then uh, Miracle Lucky Girls live from Basho, Fuzzy with Tuggy from Tuggy. One hour drive, David Nasselhoff, and finally Schlafield Fjord Marie, Kim Bowman Kessner. Uh, we're we're going to listen to Rock Bottom right now. Now, this ain't a Kiss cover, is it? No. It sound like it. <laughs> not Lionel Richie, not Kiss. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Your heart's still gone. The floor is covered from door to bed in rolling rock and cigarettes. Well, look out, man, I've been drunk for two days straight. Well, I can't stand up and I can't walk away. Yeah, you did rock by one. 
final music for this edition. We got Yoppers doing Rock Bottom, Not a Kiss cover. Then we had Ava Mendoza doing Penumbra, Peace Movement, Moose Pavement from Can Can Heads. They're out of Finland. Gum with Fly Me to the Ocean, Mommy's Boy, EVL out of Nagoya. And finally, Super Chunk, Brother Matt, with What nice. Can We Do? Yeah. Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Okay. What about advice? I know you've only been torn four years, but you've been doing music since you were 10. What would you tell some younger cat getting into this racket? I don't know how much I'd listen to me. I have a hard enough keeping the fucking barrel out of my mouth every morning as it is. But um, uh, I think it's just mostly about just fucking going out there and doing it. And then also, I, I think it's also important to remember that, uh, you know, like when, you, when you're first starting out, it's really easy to get uh, intimidated by, uh, by audiences or by other artists. And it was really impo- it was an important moment for me when I realized that nobody's as cool as they seem and, uh, <laughs> and that you just go out there and do your fucking thing and eventually everybody will kind of come around. All right. So stick to you, what you got. St- stick to your fucking guns. Yeah. Right. And what about uh... – yeah, but on the other side of it, what about this thing like you were talking about learning? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think you can stick to your guns as a as a as a voice, um, but still change the medium in which you work based on what you see other people do. Yeah, like because you, Nate, you yourself, can you see yourself stop learning sometime in your life? I hope not, man. Yeah, <laughs> you don't seem like that kind of cat. You seem like an explorer. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's you know, I'm an experience collector. You know what I mean? I, I, you, I live on the fringes. Other, you, what's also, that? What about what's this uh, metaphor? The onion. You know, you start peeling. Yeah. There's another totally. layer, another layer, another layer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The problem is you always wind up crying, but yeah. <laughs> that's why you gotta let the, the the sink, the water on the sink run while you're doing it. So exactly right. So my mom. Ma- ma- but yeah, no, you know, like I'm constantly learning. Like you know, like. Uh, I, the, you always have to take nods from the greats. Like I listen to, the, I think the artist I listen to the most when I'm writing is probably like Nick Cave. Oh, like yeah. I, I have such a desire to be able to write with, uh, with that kind of weight. And wow. so I'm always trying to learn from him and then watching people like the legendary Shack Shakers on stage. What was, that? What was the name of that song? Uh, Zoop Music Girl. Where he said, I want to die beneath her fists. Oh man, he's got some great ones. Uh, my favorite record from him is uh, was a double record called Abattoir Blues and the Liar of Orpheus. Wow. But he he writes all that. these like. What I love about him is he takes all these biblical uh, these biblical allusions and, and biblical stories and puts them in the modern context that, yeah. that are just over sexualized and gothic. Yeah. I fucking love it, man. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's an intense man. I think Dude, have you ever seen him play live? I got to be on a tour with uh, Porter for Pyros with Bad Seeds. So I got to spend two weeks. There. Holy it's shit. Called, what, the Big fucking... Day Off in Australia. This was in the 90s. Yeah. Very did you, ever, did you get to hang out with him? Yeah, just, yeah. He I'm, fan, I'm fanboying right now. So I'll was tell you cool? one thing. Nice guy? Beautiful man. And yeah. big, big forehead. Yeah, he does. Well, you know what he looks like? He looks like a gigantic 12-year-old. There's something about the, the proportions of his features and, like, his body all gangly. And I, and I, and I like Grinder Man a lot, too, with Warren. Fuck yeah, dude. You know, yeah, I with got Warren to Ellison. see that on the next time, last time I did Big Days out a few couple of years ago. Dude, so, yeah, Grinder uh, Man, the first one they put out is fucking great. That's got, like, Honey Bee on it and shit, and, man. And that, Nick plays guitar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is he playing? A fucking telly on that That's one, That's right. Yeah, he came out with a guitar and it blew my mind. <laughs> anyway, 
uh, we're getting near the end of the show here. I know you guys are going to go out there. You're coming at a hard time for weather, getting over those Rockies. Maybe yeah, you know, it's not that big of a deal. We'll do, take a couple uh, days, and then we'll yeah, do sunny I-40. San Diego. Don't yeah. do I-70. Do, yeah. Don't do I-80, but it on her pass. Do I-40. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know Flagstaff. You know that area. I do, my so, man. Yeah. So I want to thank you so uh, much for being on the show. And, uh, you know, like I was told, keep on keeping on. brother. Rock and roll, my man. Hopefully we see you in Long Beach. That, that's right. At Alex's Bar. Uh, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, theyoppers.com. Just search the Yoppers on Facebook or don't. I don't really give a that's shit. That's Y A W P E R S. Dig it. Yeah, that's right. Thank you very much. It's been the February 3rd, 2016 edition of Waffle Pedro Show. Special guest, Nate Cook from the Yoppers. Everybody out there, keep your powder dry. <laughs>